Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmine and this is episode 79, I'll Print Panda, an interview with Amanda B. Collins. Hello and welcome to the show. As you can hear, I'm far from my best in the vocal department, so I'll keep this intro very brief and save all of the fun for the next episode when, hopefully, I won't sound quite like a teenage boy who's about to uh, have his voice break. So I'm delighted this week to welcome Amanda B. Collins onto the show. Amanda, who also goes by the name of Alprint Panda, is a Glasgow-based knitwear designer and she also makes beautiful stitch markers as well, which you can find in her Etsy shop. Links will be in the show notes. Amanda has been prolific in the last sort of 12 months in bringing some gorgeous designs to um, Ravelry and to a lot of the British knitting press in particular. And I have uh, discussed her uh, latest collection uh, in a previous episode and uh, enabled you in Enablers Corner to go and check that out. She's been a front cover star, her knitwear's been a front cover star in, I think, three out of the last four episodes, uh, four um, issues rather, of Knit Now magazine. Uh, she's been on the front cover. She's also been in Pom Pom Quarterly, amongst other uh, self-published designs. She is a really good laugh, as you'll hear. We do go a little bit on, on a tangent on occasion. I make no apologies for that. That's what you get if you listen to this podcast. We were having fun and I hope you'll have fun listening to it as well. Um, She is really lovely and a very, very funny person to chat to. So I hope you will enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So without further ado, welcome Amanda. Okay, so I am delighted to welcome Amanda B. Collins, also known as Alprint Panda, to the show today. How are you, Amanda? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm slightly too excited to be here, so. Oh, I'm really glad you came on the show because you've been a long time kind of listener of the podcast, and it's been really good to watch your kind of knitty business as it was, yeah. and your designing in particular recently. <laughs> I've been very keen on growing for you, so I'm really glad that you agreed to come on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So. Can you tell us a little bit about you as a person, Amanda, and about how you came to be interested in Yarny Pursuits? Um, I suppose I was looking for a crafty hobby, um, which took me a few attempts. So I tried, I think I tried needle felting first, which I hated. I absolutely hated it. Because I saw those cute little tiny animals that people make and mine looked like fuzzballs which was really disappointing <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't I quite and I kept stabbing myself in the hand and it was just a disaster um and then I think I left it a while and my it was my dad actually bought me a subscription to that that crochet magazine where you make a blanket you know the ones where it's it's like a, a square a week um so I have about a hundred of those magazines and about seven squares 
that didn't go particularly well. It's because I, I started the crocheting and then I discovered Ravelry and I realised that I wanted to knit cardigans and other things and for that the crochet was useless and I needed to knit. So that's where it all came from. Oh, super. Was it not a bit like being at work though, like needle felting? <laughs> it was a lot less accurate than being at work. Um, yeah, no, 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 it didn't, it didn't go. I'm good at that at work, not, not in the needle felting. Oh, cool, because they, they look quite easy, those little animals. They do. It, it's, it's deceptive. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of people in there like, oh, my God, Amanda, it's terribly easy. But no, do you know what? No, I give up. I give up. <laughs> well, you promised me never to try it. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, do, do try it. I always give that a go. It was wonderful fun. Really, really. I don't need any more hobbies. It's, it's, it's completely fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's just the spinning and the knitting. and the. Oh, yeah, and then obviously, like everyone else, the, spin, the spinning leads from the knitting um, and I remember convincing one of my friends at university to take me in our car to meet a lady near Edinburgh who was selling a spinning wheel for £30 and I thought that's that's exactly what I need but I knew nothing about them so I turned up and looking back she had a traddy and I think I've got like a Westbury mm. um, so I was like, I didn't know what to choose, so I just asked her. And then, do you know what? She was really lovely, and she sat there for an hour and showed me how to spin. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So yeah, that was that was my that was it. that was it. Past the point of no return. <laughs> Down the slippery slope. Yeah. So, what was the tipping point then that turned what was your hobby, via a couple of other fibre-related hobbies, into <laughs> more of a business? <laughs> Um, basically, it wasn't particularly deliberate. Obviously, I was aware I was doing it. Um, but I think the first things I made was the fox bag, which I had just made for myself, really. Um, and then a couple of people on Ravelry, I showed it up on Ravelry, and a couple of people asked for it. Um, and it really came from there and it actually went ridiculously well. I remember being very, very surprised um, how well that was received. Um, and then the little fox purse came after that and um, people liked that too. So it was, it, it was never really intended, it was mainly because people asked for it, which was great because I, I'm not ashamed to admit there was quite a few mistakes in those early ones. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so it was quite a good learning because the people who were knitting at first had asked for it from nothing um, so everyone was very helpful um, and then I think my next sort of one that made me realise that I really liked doing it and that other people liked it was the I entered the brew shawl into the Glasgow School of Yarn competition yeah um, and again people people were like oh that's really nice so yeah it just kept kept going it was sort of not it wasn't planned no, it's cool. I really like the brew shawl, um, based on iron brew, mm -hmm. um, and bright orange. So I absolutely love that shawl. I have it in my library. I haven't knitted it yet. Please don't shoot me. No. <laughs> the strange thing about knitting actually is you sort of realise what your favourite colours are because looking, I was looking at my page the other day, and it seems to be mainly orange. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed. 
No, that is weird because I do massively associate you with orange and kind of foresty greens, and yeah. I associate people with different colours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you... and then I sort of looked around, and I've probably been deluding myself. I don't know what I thought my favourite colour was, but if you'd asked me, I would not have said orange. No, that's definitely a thing, because if someone says, what's your favourite colour, I always say red, but yeah. I wear grey and minty green all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and there I, isn't know, I that think I'd probably have said blue, and then everyone would turn around to me and be quite shocked. So, no, no <laughs> I'd have definitely said orange and green. <laughs> I've changed my mind now. Now my answer is now orange and green, but accidentally again. No, definitely, it is. It is totally a thing. It's totally a thing. I should probably research that a bit more. Actually, I think other people would agree with us. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing what you find. Super. So. As we've talked about, it was kind of like almost like an organic thing from you designing something for yourself and to becoming more of a business venture, which suggests that you don't do this as a full-time thing. I know that you don't. Um, So (laughs) what does a typical day look like for you? Um, Oh, that's so hard. Um, So basically this year I have a job that I love quite a lot. So I am a doctor. Um, but so I've just finished my foundation training for anyone who knows anything about it. Um, and this year I've taken a clinical teaching post, which means that I spend half the week still doing clinical things and wards and stuff. And I spend the other half of the week teaching, which is very lovely. Um, so I teach medical students. And as part of that, I do sort of a distance diploma from the Uni of Dundee in education. And I do a little bit of research, which is very nice. And then I come home at night and I knit <laughs> a lot. Um, so I'd say probably my average day either involves scrubs or teaching clothes. And then home, pyjamas, tea, knitting. That's the, the whole thing. Oh, it sounds really cool. It's nice. I know, it's really nice, but I have to admit, I... I this, sound, this sounds ridiculous, but it's, as I say, it's a very nice job. I work less weekends than I used to. Um, and because of the teaching, I'm frequently doing different things different days. So I'm across different sites and at the uni and then not in the uni and then at a sim centre and stuff. And it's a sort of slightly missed routine, which sounds ridiculous. But, yeah, I kind of miss just having to be at the same place every day, which I never thought I would say. No, I know what you mean. Sometimes it is. It's almost like a comfort to have a routine and know what you're doing and to be going to the same place. It's just one less thing to think about, I guess. <laughs> I know. I know. I've um, yes. I've, I've I've not went to the wrong job ever. That's not something I've done. That's it. Now, kiss of death. Monday morning, you're going to the wrong place. I shouldn't have said. <laughs> no, I, did, I did it last week. <laughs> I was halfway there. Uh, it was, it's all good. I got there on time. Oh, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> So can you tell us a bit about your creative process then when you develop a new design? Um, that's about as haphazard as the rest of this so far has sounded. Um, so depending on how I'm feeling, sometimes it will be I really love some yarn and I want to make something from it. Um, and what I'll do is I'll have a think about what the yarn wants to be and then I'll sort of flick through all my Pinterest boards and 
internet land and stitch dictionaries um, and do a few swatches. I do like a good swatch. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, it used to be a sweary word. When I first started, if you told me that I would like knitting swatches, I'd have told you you were lying. Um, but, yeah, and then it comes from that. And then other times, I, I'm not very good at drawing, but I quite like to try sometimes. And it comes from there, and then I'll try to find the perfect yarn for the thing that I've imagined first. So I'm not really set in any particular. Oh, cool. It's interesting to hear the answers to that question, because everybody does do it a different way. And some people are very set in their method of doing it, and others are a lot more kind of like, yeah, I'll just do this, I'll do that, play around with it, see what happens. Yeah, and I think it's because it's, it's maybe it's because it's not my full-time thing, so I don't have to sit down and have a have a process. It tends to be slightly more haphazard. Um, and it's just what, what I feel like at the time. Which keeps it keeps it feeling nice because I know that I suppose it's one of the things you don't want it to turn into a chore because you've got deadlines. Um, so I suppose one way of not doing that is to keep it different every time. Mm. No, definitely. Um, so no journey in life or to work at the right place is ever smooth. <laughs> I know. I can't even drive very well. Oh, amazing! I love how you and your boyfriend have got that matching cars. Um, oh, I know. It wasn't even... It was so not planned. So I wanted a Fiat 500, like, forever. And I went to Motorpoint, and I got my, I got my yellow Fiat 500, because, oh, I mean, what other one would you get? Um, and then I came home with it, and I was so excited about it and so happy about it. And he was looking for one at the same time. Because um, I didn't have... I only passed my test six months ago. I didn't have one before this job. I basically got this job... And then the pressure was really on because unless I passed my test, I was going to have to get very expensive taxis all over Glasgow. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no pressure. That was fine. I didn't do that to myself at all in any way. Um, and went to and got that out of well, lovely. It was wonderful. Um, and then I think maybe my excitement rubbed off. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the next week we went back to the exact same place and he bought the same car, but they, I'm doing my layer quotes, and nobody can see them, but he bought the sport version, which of a Fiat 500 makes no difference to the car whatsoever, except the speed dial is digital <laughs> and the steering wheel is a slightly different shape. Oh, and it's all black and shiny instead of bright red inside, but you know, it's yeah, it's sport in the loosest sense of it. It looks a little bit sporty. It's very cute. Is it not like a firmer ride? Normally, sport just means like hurts your ass when you're driving. No, no, it's a, it's the same car. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like the same car. So it's just a sport trim. It's not yeah, sport I think performance. So. I think it's just decorated sportily. <laughs> Go faster stripe, a knitted yeah. one, knitted I cord stripe down the side. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You should totally do that. <laughs> I've completely forgot what the question was. Something I think you were going to ask me what has gone wrong. Oh yeah, yes. and then we we got lost, like my car. Possibly distracted by your twenty cars, right? Okay, so imagine uh, that we we did this properly and we're taking the podcast seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. I don't even care. Um, no journey's ever a smooth one. Let's not mention the cars. Um, oh. Can you tell us about a time when things maybe haven't gone quite to plan 
what happened and what did you learn as a result of it? Um, I think I think the best example of this is probably not a biggie, it's lots of little ones. And I think personally for me and all of this, it's um, probably giving yourself a realistic estimate of what you can do in any given amount of time. Yes. Um, which is probably a common one. So nothing, nothing's ever made me want to cry. I've not had a terrible experience with anything in particular. Um, but I certainly think it, it, it does take a little bit of time and a little bit of experience to appreciate what, you, what you're capable of. And I think at the start when it's all very exciting, like when that first submission is accepted, everything is very exciting. You can do anything. You would promise them the world. Um, and then you realise you can't do that, which... Is, is, is fine because you didn't suggest something you couldn't do in the first place but the, the pressure is on a little bit once you've agreed to something mm-hmm. um, and like that that's absolutely fine so that's that's not the bit it's the bit when you accept five of them at the same time <laughs> so popular <laughs> well it, it's the t- it's like bussy so you get I got I got one and that was lovely I think my first one was in it now um, who are very lovely, and I think I had I had one out in that now last week, and one oh one coming soon soon special teasers. There we go. Um, <laughs> yes, Apple uh, listens to this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That one's okay. It's soon. Um, maybe maybe it'll be okay. <laughs> we should check that one first. But um, yeah. So my first one came out in that now, and that was very exciting. Um. And then my second one came out in it now, and that was very exciting. And sort of through it all, I was maybe having one or two self-published, um, just because they were on a theme that I'd started. So I had the Ashton Lane one, mm-hmm. and I deliberately never submitted that for anything because it was like sort of tied with my brew, with my Glasgow shawls. Um, and then the Kelvin Way was tied with both of those. So again, that was never going to be submitted anyway. That was mine. Um, and then I, I got, I got. Let's, let's just say I got really inspired and I started putting submissions in to lots of because I didn't never expected them to be accepted mm. um, and then I think four of them got accepted at the same time having heard nothing for six months um, so that was it, that was very exciting for three days and then I realised I actually had lots of work to do <laughs> um, so now I sort of I have to admit I've, I've paced myself a little stopped wantonly applying for any call that takes my fancy oh cool it's an important point and it's one that people it has come up before definitely a couple of times in these interviews and I think it is one that a lot of us are guilty of it's that space-time continuum lack (laughs) of appreciation because the enthusiasm is there the intent is there the capability is lacking (laughs) sleep what sleep what is sleep for you don't you don't need sick. No, no, definitely. Because you can knit really well when you're knackered, can't yeah. you? Yeah, no mistakes. You do. don't end up ripping out half a shawl, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> cool, then. So taking it from something you've learned to the high point of your journey so far, what is the high point? Oh, well, there's there's been so many for so many different reasons. I think a, a personal high point um, I have to admit, was maybe like meeting lots of people. Um, I suppose the place that I met most people was um, I came to Edinburgh Young Festival last year 
No, it's just a very lovely, very, very lovely. And I was there the year before as well. Um, but I hadn't quite started designing mm. the first time. Um, was that two years ago now? I'm entirely talking about space time. I have no idea when these things happened. But I went to the first Edinburgh Yarn Festival. <laughs> that was nice. And then I went to one last year, which was very nice because by that point I knew quite a lot of people and it was lovely to meet them. And uh, that was when I had done my design for Pom Pom, so I handed over my sample at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, and obviously that was quite an exciting submission. felt very proud of myself. Um, and I met Kate, who I submitted to as well, and I just met a bunch of people that I'd spoken to online, but I had never saw in person, or they came to visit me, which was even more fun, because I didn't realise people actually... This sounds ridiculous, but you don't really realise people want to come and see you, and then they pop over, and then it's just all very nice, it's all just nice. Um, so that was, it was quite a high point realising that I was actually, I, I felt, at, from that point I felt very involved in something that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Um, and that was lovely. Um, and I suppose when that first submission was accepted, that was a bit of a high. I got very, very excited. I was probably the most excitable one. It's just, it was just a nice little piece of somebody else appreciating that what you were doing was nice, which was lovely. Yeah, it's, it's the validation, I guess, isn't it? The, I know, which I always feel, I felt at the start, I probably wouldn't have admitted that because sometimes I'm very much like, oh, you don't do it for, so other people like it, you do it for yourself. And I'm like, no, I design pretty things so other people will knit. That's, mm. that's the, that's the hope, isn't it? Well, yeah, definitely, and it is nice for other people to enjoy stuff, and, and yeah, you might not care if they like it or not, and that's probably a good thing, because you don't want to be kind of crying in the corner if someone doesn't like your design. No, but it's, it's nice if they do. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you just want to enjoy it, and we all love our knitting time, and to have someone loving their knitting time working on something that you've designed must be a really good feeling. It's quite thrilling, it's, it's really, it's, it's still, every time one pops up on Twitter or something, it does make you smile, like it's, it's very nice, um, and quite unexpected, which is lovely. Cool, so, which one thing that you know now, did you wish you had known when you picked up the first ball of yarn? Ooh, ooh, my first ball of yarn... I can't, do you know, this is, I probably should remember, it's probably forgetting some sort of big event. I can't remember the first ball of yarn. Um, but I do know that very soon after I started knitting, I went to Hobbycraft and spent about 40 quid on terrible, terrible yarn. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it, we all do it. Yeah, do you know what, it's, it's still there and I fully intend to knit with it. I'm not sure what, but it'll, it'll get used, it, it will. It's not just piling up in the stash of never-ending stashness. Um, but, I, do you know what, it's a good thing, because it let me practice on it. I think I knitted a couple of tea cosies. I think I knitted a hot water bot bottle cosy from cotton, which I probably wouldn't do now. <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not the cosiest of climbers. Um, and I knitted a tea cosy from... You know the... The really cheap, white, fluffy yarn. Oh, Cortel. I don't know. It looks a bit like, like if you knitted a toy sheep out of it, it would be perfect. Do you mean like the, the little baby fur stuff? The, the Probably. Fur, or yeah, because Cortel so. is like a, almost like chenille 
it's no, it's, no, it's like it's like soft cotton balls wool. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's anyway, funky. Anyway, I, I don't know what inspired me. I don't know why. I don't know why I did it. But I've got quite a lot of that. I don't know. Maybe I could make more horrible tea cozies. <laughs> well, seeing as we're doing confessions, um, <laughs> my first ball of yarn when I came back to proper knitting um, came from Pound Poundland. Is it Poundland or Pound Stretcher? Pound Stretcher. Um, I think in Elgin. In my cat was it in Elgin? Oh, I definitely went to Elgin afterwards to show my friend Kay the glittery yarn and it was a pack of 10 and it was red acrylic and it had of course it was red acrylic and of yeah. course it's your favorite color yeah totally and it had the red um you know the the, the glittery kind of sparkle in it yes pack of 10 must have been about a fiver for all of them and i knitted little red booties out of it Honestly, I just really hoped you had knitted an entire red jumper there. No, no, I'm going to knit a red jumper, but out of hand dyes, sparkly red yarn. Um, <laughs> and yeah, totally. And and I just loved it. I just, I just, and they had this purple one that my friend Kay bought. Um, and I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry because sometimes they kind of really, oh, you cringe now and go, oh, wow, what was, what was I thinking? But that first set is what brings you back into it. And it's what <laughs> gets you excited. And if you don't know any different, if you don't know there's a gourmet burger company when there's no, McDonald's right there, you just, so you get into the whole thing, you don't know, do you? I know, and there are things, like if someone ever asked me to knit them like a cheap and easy kiddies jumper to be thrown in the wash over and over again, I would use some of the horrible green stuff about that day. Yeah, so, I actually like the little the fluffy bear yarn stuff. I quite like, I like funky fur and I like eyelash yarn. It's got yeah. its place. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll just knit some sheep from it as it is obviously intended to be. You should totally do that. I should, totally I should. Oh, and I remember actually, I think I shared it with you at the time because you were talking about terrible yarns. Um, I went to my dad's recently and apparently I was given this when I was about 12, but don't quite remember. But it was pink sparkly eyelash yarn. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I've I've started a scarf out of it. I have. Oh, it's amazing. See, I have this again that my friend Kay knitted. I have a, an awesome eyelash yarn scarf that I absolutely love. I know it's not trendy amongst the knitting circles, but I really like it because my friend knitted it for me. Yeah. But the problem is, is is that the beast also loves it because it's sparkly and red and silver. So she like wears it to school with all the other kind of hodgepodge knitwear that none of it matches, <laughs> and she looks like proper drag queenish because she's got like a skiing jacket on and this oh, crazy nice. eyelash yarn. <laughs> scarf not even sorry i don't care it makes her happy oh i'm sure she looks very sweet she loves when she's it 15, she might not enjoy the pictures but i would always totally and you know what when she's 15 she doesn't like it i'm going to take it back because it's a nice warm scarf it's really good for walking the dogs surprisingly um <laughs> but, but crazy on a side we've gone often this, this is why we shouldn't do interviews at, on a friday night um what is the thing that you wish you'd know <laughs> Almost feels like some kind of crazy knitting and summer's party without any of the toys. <laughs> it's because I'm really tired. <laughs> I I really um, wish I'd known not to knit my first because I almost put myself off knitting. I did a seed stitch cowl as the second thing I ever knitted, um, which was disheartening because I didn't know how to do seed stitch. So I got to the fourth round, and it was just like this really tight tube of knitting, and it was because. When it said 
crossed the yarn under the needle, I had been crossing the yarn entirely under all of the knitting. <laughs> all I had done was made like this really tight wrapped up tube with stitches in it. Um, so I would teach myself how not to do that. Easy done though, you know. That's the, that's why pattern clarity is really important. That's what it said. It just said yarn, run yarn under active knitting or something. So I did. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. <laughs> it was really painful as well. So it took me like four hours to get three rows done. Shame. I to rip it all out again. Could you be pressed on though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fine. And then I did then my cotton hot water bottle cosy, so it's all good. <laughs> so I have no idea where this next question is going to go, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Okay. Um, desert island skeins. <laughs> if you were going to be marooned on a desert island and you could only take one skein or ball of yarn, what would you take and why? You, you, you sort of made me wish that I would say the eyelash yarn. You should do but it. I know, I know, but it's not, it's not what I wanted down. <laughs> it's not. I, I want it to be. It's not. Um, do you know? It would be really boring. It would be like something like a fingering weight BFL because I find it really therapeutic to knit plain socks. And I think if I was stranded, I wouldn't want to have to put thought into what I was going to make or what stitch to put in it. I think I would just want. I want a little pair of socks for night time and something cosy. Is that really sad? No, no. And BFL's brilliant. It takes the dye really well. It wears really well. Yeah. Good socks. Mm, be good socks. Be good socks. Be, be good so that's, a really, that's a really boring desert island skin answer, but that's, that's a solid one. I'd want some good socks for bedtime. Although not in bed. Don't wear your socks in bed. Just No, no, I can't do that. It's horrible, isn't it? No, no, but up to then. You, you just wear them in the peri bedtime. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just to get warm. But it, otherwise, they get your feet get too hot. Like, you wake up with hot feet. Yeah, no, it's a disaster. Who wears socks in bed? No. We're no. going to get replies now. We are. There's going to be a massive debate about this, about whether you're a socks in bed or a socks out of bed person. But speaking from a medical point of view, I have quite bad circulation. <laughs> my feet are always freezing. <laughs> but I can't wear socks in bed. And when I go to sleep, my feet are like blocks of ice. And when I wake up, they're warm. How yeah, but do you do that thing where you press them against your significant other and then they wake up really angry? Absolutely. Like yep. chasing around the bed, laughing Good. manically, like it's really funny. I know, and then it's not funny because fun they've got to be up in four hours. No, it's just not funny because if they were doing it, it would be funny. But because you're doing it and finding it funny, it's not funny. Yeah. Again, could be the parts of anatomy that I'm chasing around as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> to someone you've got to take it to the next level in my opinion um yeah. oh no i think i'd get i'd get relegated to the spare bedroom oh no oh man no no, no way. you wouldn't dare you wouldn't dare no with not a man you find this <laughs> life so oh cool anyway oh, me. i think this is my face is actually hurting you give me wrinkles here um what is your face i'm laughing okay I'm going to have to sit with a really serious face to get rid of them. Um, what's your favourite or go-to re resource for yarncraft or business that you couldn't do without? Oh, you know, it's probably, you're, I think everyone who does it would probably answer the same, but I don't know how people got by before Ravelry appeared. Mm. It just makes everything so easy. 
And I also, like, as much as I thoroughly enjoy submitting to um, magazines and things, it's actually quite, it's, it's really nice to just be able to publish them on your own, and Ravelry has a very nice platform for that, so that's quite nice. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it is, it's sort of bringing it to the masses, isn't it, and giving you a forum for doing that in a really easy way. It's quite easy to use. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I, was, I was felt slightly jealous of the people who had, like, been on Ravelry for so many years. I was like, I want to be on Ravelry for so many years. I know. I want a lower number for my Ravelry number. I'm like, oh. Which, I mean, where does that come from? I think it's because we were late to the party. Yeah, because we're too busy knitting with our wonderful acrylic and eyelash yarn, that's why. I was too busy crocheting seven out of 120 squares. They're all still there. I will do it. You should do it. You should totally do it. It's like your project for this year. I dare you. It's not even nice yarn. Yeah, but think (laughs) think how smug you'll feel when it's done. You can give it to your dad. (laughs) I'll give it back again. Like, thank you for this. It's taught me lessons in life. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Um, So where's the best place for the listeners to find you? Um, Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at I will print Panda, um, or you can see my blog, which is www.iwillprintpanda.blogspot.com, um, which I update. It's, it's supposed to be weekly, every so often. Cool. And do you have any parting words for those who would like to get into the industry or maybe give designing a bit of a try? Um. I'd say go for it. It's, it's. I mean, it's good fun. Like I started it as a hobby, and it sort of can turn into something else when people like it, and that's nice. Um, I suppose remember that you did it for fun, mm-hmm. and originally, so it should continue to be fun. Um, and unless you're intending to tell it and turn it into your sort of main job, which should still be fun, um, just remember to give yourself a little bit of time for things you want in it as well. That's really good, actually, because once you start working in the industry, time for knitting tends to, or non-work knitting, tends to sort of go out the window. Yeah, so I recently knitted um, tambourine, mm-hmm. which I've yet to take pictures of. I love it, so I have it on right now. Um, I knitted it in Ripple's Crafts. I think it's Dragonfly, the colourway was called, which she only had a few skeins of, so I nabbed it at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, and I, do you know, I adore it, and... It's the only thing I've knitted for myself in quite a while. Um, and it's lovely. I'm not going to take it off. Stay on. You're going to wear it in bed, though? Personal question. No, no, no. no that, nor the socks. No. <laughs> the <laughs> socks in bed. It's going to be a hashtag now. It is. It's, it's sort of going to be, it's going to be a massive debate. Definitely. Um, so what's next for you? What can we look forward to from... Amanda Collins over this year? Okay, um, I have a couple of patterns coming out in magazines, which will be nice. Um, I'll pop them up on my Twitter and my blog when they arrive. Um, and I have, oh, I have a really exciting, I have a really exciting one. I don't know, I don't know what to say about it. Um, I have a very exciting thing coming with someone I like very much. Um, 
and there's lots of yarn from lots of indie dyers from the UK um, and it's going to be wonderful that's what I'm going to say <laughs> now it has to deliver oh my goodness what pressure I've just added to myself oh cool well, we'll look forward to that. Maybe you and this mystery person can, uh, can come onto the show uh, when it's done and tell us all about it. Oh, that would be good. We should do that. Okay. Okay, that's a plan. Super. Okay, then. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time and your insight and some stellar banter. Um, I must say, I've had a really good laugh during this interview. Um, the first one for a while and certainly one first one I've laughed at that hard for a while um, so thank you very much for coming on to the show it's been an absolute pleasure not a problem I hope I didn't I didn't derail the derail it too much I think if any, if we were derailing it we were definitely both hands both of us had hands on the steering wheel <laughs> do trains even have steering wheels I've still not established this yet um, super why, why would, sorry Go on. No, no I was going to say why would trains have steering wheels but that's, that's some... I don't know I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't need them, but what what, what do you put your hands on? Well, it's the toilet has levers. There's levers. But you just stand with your hands on the levers. Yeah, I don't know. I would appreciate if a train driver would please write in. Because I have got a train driver who listens, who drives the biggest trains in the world in Australia, and I'm still right. waiting for her to come and tell me how this whole train thing works. Okay, in that case, I would be very interested to find out. Oh, yeah. And, d d you know, do they just put that one there, like, for show, to hold on to? Like, old people have to hold on to the things in cars, you know, like the little hangers in the backs of cars and oh. when you go in the corner all people have to hold them That's yeah but you know what see when i'm driving sometimes david holds on to that and makes noises as if he's kind of scared which i'm sure that's not a problem Is it, do they have extra kind of go faster stripes on the sport version handles well no it's when i'm driving and i go around the corner and then all you see is i'm grabbing onto something and going eh. <laughs> it's fine i've not crashed that car it's been a whole six months it does sound like you crashed another car, though. No, 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 I'm good. That was my first. That was my, it's my, it's my baby. Oh, I thought That's it was my, my car crash story then. Until <laughs> I was 24 to be able to to be able to drive. Oh, amazing! Super. Well, thank you very much. Anyway. No problem. <laughs> so I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. I will keep the outro brief and wish you all a lovely week, happy crafting, and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog, or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by Music Alley and it is Adam and the Water Boys and I need a drink. I need a drink.